Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your co-grand marshals for today's Shelby American. Racing and automotive legend, Carol Shelby. And America's sweetheart, the star of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, Kim Kardashian, as they deliver the most famous words in motorsports. Gentlemen, start your engines. All right, another episode of the SP Podcast, ready to go. Tyler Head, Dalton Mullinax with you as always. Took a little break off at the end of the regular season. We're now basically a month into the off season. Uh, plenty of things have happened over these past couple of weeks, and we are now, I think, about 72, 73 days away from the Daytona 500, I believe. If I last checked some, somewhere around there. Um, I don't know. Off season's kind of going by pretty quickly. It has, and, and there's been a lot of, you know, like you said, there's a lot of news and moves that we'll we'll get to in a minute. But I feel like I don't know, maybe it's just because we're getting older. But I feel like every off season gets a little bit shorter. Right. Um, and, and I think it's just that I'm, you know, just you look forward to, you know, getting the speed weeks at Daytona and and you know the clash as well and um how that's like you said it's not very long until we get the cars back on the track again well if you think about it last year we didn't really even have much of an off season because as soon as the championship race at phoenix happened we were doing next gen tests and we were learning more about you know the upcoming season and what they're doing with the cars and what you know we had tests in december and january and it felt like we always had something new to talk about in relation to that so we didn't really get a break in last year's off season. So now, and they just had the award ceremony a couple of days ago. Like now we're kind of getting into that stretch. Where we're not going to see as much content over the next couple of weeks. We get into Christmas and stuff like that. But, you know, once that calendar turns to January, I think it's going to ramp right back up uh, as we uh, go for that uh, month or so, right up until the clash the beginning of February. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, usually after the awards show it, you know, news kind of settles down, everybody, gets to the holidays and the new year. And then that first week in January, it's when things start picking back up. I mean, shops start getting back into full swing of things. And um, you start to see kind of, you know, for those that haven't finalized their plans for 2023, obviously working as hard as they can to get that done. And that's when you see a lot of news start to break, you know, the first three weeks of January, and then you flip the calendar February and it's time to go racing again. Right. Uh, before we get into some of the news that has happened, a couple things, a couple questions that I assume are going to get answered probably after the new year as we uh, get closer and closer to the season. Um, what's going to happen with this short track and road course package in the Cup Series? We know that it's going to change. Guys like Steve O'Donnell had mentioned they're going to make a change on it. What that change is, we don't know. Now, it uh, was assumed that you know they were going to try and take some downforce out of it put some more power in the cars, these shorter tracks to, you know, make the speeds a little bit different where first and 40th aren't running a 10th of a second off of each other. But I'm seeing some of these uh, notes coming from the Le Mans test with the garage 56 car, which is kind of going in the opposite direction. They're adding like dive planes and they're like um, uh, putting a bigger splitter on it. And like you know, NASCAR saying, maybe this is the direction they go with the short track changes and road course changes. And again, I'm not a driver, so I don't really know. But in my mind, I feel like that's kind of the opposite of what you're trying to do with the Cup Series cars, at least. Yeah. Well, and I feel like you're just, you know, you're adding. And again, we're, we're, we've seen the next gen car for one year now. Yeah. Um, we need to be growing pains with it. Short tracks, road courses were the biggest one. But 
I feel like too, like you don't want to just start adding a million different pieces to the car. Mm-hmm. You know, that's expense to the team. And then to find out, well, dang, that didn't work either. Let's try something else. I mean, you know, go back to what you know works. Yeah. Well, and as of right now, we don't know of any off-season testing that's going to be taking place with with any of the teams. You know, last year we had a lot of testing at, you know, places like Charlotte where they were trying to figure out the intermediate package because that's what, you know, was the more important thing. They assumed that the short tracks and road course stuff was going to be fine. Well, come to find out it's not fine. But, you know, the last thing I want to do is us is for us to roll into the clash in February with this idea, this thing that they think is going to work that we haven't tested yet. And then we're back in the same boat for an entire season. So I'm hoping as we turn the calendar of the new year, we at least learn of some tests, some things they're trying out actually on the track before just implementing it. And so we start running these races at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I do think it's very odd that that there hasn't been any testing yet. I mean, I know the season just ended a little over a month ago, but look, the, the NASCAR off season's short. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I thought we would for sure get some kind of testing, you know, maybe a week or two after um after the the cup championship. Um, you know, like you said, as we get closer to, to Christmas and the New Year's, uh, they're not gonna really be in for that. So then you look at January, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we do a couple days of testing here and there at Martinsville or right. go to Bristol or go to the Roval or something. Right. Um, but to just not test just would be so dumb. I mean, just to put it bluntly, it'd be so dumb not to test anything. Well, and if they were going to implement things that needed to be changed, even if it is these things from the garage 56 car with the dive planes and the bigger splitter and stuff, that stuff still has to be made and sent out to the teams. And we saw the right. problems last off season with teams not having enough parts and pieces at the beginning of the season, there were a lot of teams that went down to Daytona with one car and we're not quite in that same boat. And, you know, teams have gotten their um, inventory up overall, but if you're talking about having to order 10 or 20, 20 new things for each car for these shorter tracks and road courses, like that's going to take some time. You know, you, you would hope they would have been getting the ball rolling on that at the end of the season. But again, if we're talking about trying to make these changes in January, they might not be ready in time. Right. Right. And obviously the supply chain issue last year, like you said, was, was tough. Um, and you hope it, it doesn't rear its head again this year, but you know, if you wait to make these changes that that could be a, a possibility. I mean, um, and look, it all starts with the clash. Mm-hmm. It's a short track. I know it's, I know it's a, you know, made up course and I, I whatever but it has type of car you're going to be running at martinsville the type of car you're going to be running at bristol at the roval like all these different places that you need to kind of know like what you got right uh another change that we haven't gotten a confirmation on yet uh, this was mentioned by jeff gluck in one of the um athletic podcasts just after the season ended that nascar is seriously considering dropping the stage cautions at road courses, which this is something that you and I have talked about for years. I feel like everybody's been talking about this. It would be a very, very welcome change. I don't know if NASCAR is willing to pull the trigger on that, though, because if you say, well, we don't need stage cautions at road courses. And again, this is from NASCAR's perspective. You're opening up Pandora's box for people to say, well, why do we need them anywhere? And again, NASCAR implemented these things back in 2017 for the purposes of television, running commercials and stuff like that, keeping the entertainment value up in these races and i just i don't know if they'd be willing to cross the line to start nixing them from certain type of races 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I see it. I, I agree with you on that. You kind of, you know, put yourself in a interesting situation if you do. But it what I mean, at it, at Charlotte, the, at the 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 Coca Cola Six Hundred. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not gonna you're not gonna pit before the end of a stage. You'll go a lap down. Right. So I think it's just, there's there's just a handful of tracks. Obviously, the road courses, and then within reason, Talladega and Daytona, mm-hmm. um, that you can get on and off pit road before the end of the stage break, and and, and it'll work that way. So I think having it be the 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 road courses only makes sense but the kind of the other side of that is you know if you you know if you go through road course with no cautions then your leader may be 20 30 seconds ahead of somebody that's true so i think it's just but i also don't like watching a race i say i don't like it i do like strategy races Mm. and i get it but like I don't like a guy willingly giving up a stage win in stage one because he's trying to win stage three, which will eventually win, which will win him the race. Yeah. And that was the unintended consequences of having these at road courses that we learned pretty quickly. We started running these races is you either commit to trying to get stage points or you commit to winning the race. And there've been very few examples. I think Kyle Larson at Sonoma last year was one of the few examples of guys that could go out there and win stages and win the race when you just have a car that's ridiculously faster than everybody else. And again, when you look at the other tracks, Charlotte, Atlanta, Talladega, you know, whatever, you know, you can go out there and focus on winning stages and still have an opportunity to win the race. Unfortunately, the road courses haven't worked out that way. And I think that's where a lot of the fan angst comes from because it's like, okay, well, you have this thing that's very, very important, but the guys that are trying to win the race could care less about it because it's not going to help. Um, And to me, that also kind of opens up the question of, you know, if you're going to take them away from road courses, do you take it away from Pocono too? Because that's the one non-road course yeah. track that kind of implements the same kind of strategy because it's so big and it's not a super speedway like Talladega or Daytona where everybody's running together that, you know, anywhere between third and eight can pit and not go a lap down towards the end of these stages. And again, kind of opening up Pandora's box here, but I, these are yeah. conversations that are probably being had by you know people at nascar and again you got to make a decision before the season starts um you know if you're gonna pull the trigger on this or not yeah i mean i would be interested i'd be interested to see kind of the numbers on it and you know maybe they look back at previous races and look at pace or whatever and see how it would have played out um but i'll be interested to see um if they do it for more than road courses I, i think if you just start with road courses next year yeah um, you know, you can, you can award points at the end of your stages, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not, you're not throwing a full course caution right. um, of cautions. You know, that's one of the things too, that I know that at one point in time, NASCAR had, had talked about was doing like local cautions mm-hmm. uh, on road courses. And I, you know, I heard there was some steam with that as well, that you know, maybe they, that's something they implement coming up into this upcoming season. I'm for it if it's if the if the um you know the safety of the drivers obviously number one uh, the drivers can be safe when this is going on and the the tra- the crew members that uh, work at the track also but I think road course is just so much different than anything else we do yeah. I think that's why it really kind of needs its own set of rules yeah. Yeah, and, and when you look at just how long a, a caution is at a road course, a place like Road America, which again the Cup Series won't be going back to in 2023, but 
you know, even two laps around there, when you do the quickie yellow, you're talking about 10 to 15 minutes. Like, you know, you got to try and avoid throwing cautions as much as you can on these road courses. And if you can eliminate the stage cautions and then do everything you can to eliminate mid-race cautions, you know, unless it's just a huge wreck or something like that, I think that helps overall because road course races by mileage standards are the shortest races on the schedule. Therefore, they should be. And I think the Watkins Glen race was, was somewhere around like two, two and a half hours. And I thought that was a, a pretty well-timed race. Um, but, you know, when you have road course races that are getting into that three hour mark, three and a half hour mark, that's really long. It, it shouldn't be like that. Well, I think it was I think it was an Xfinity race last year that they went like 41 minutes in between between green flag. Yes. You know, okay. it's like that, that can't happen. That can't no. happen. No. Um, I think, you know, when you look at like the Chicago street course race, which is going to be, you know, in front of a lot of people that probably have never been to a NASCAR race before they're experienced it for the first time. You don't want a lull of 20 minutes in the action for these Uh-oh. people that you're trying to keep hooked on it because they're going to be very, very confused. And they may think the race is over and leave. Like you got to yeah. keep that action going. Um, and I think eliminating the the stage cautions, the road courses would be very helpful in that regard. Yeah, I agree. So now to some of the news of drivers moving around and uh, securing their places for 2023. This one, not surprising at all. Ty Gibbs, the Xfinity Series champion, going to be going to the Cup Series full-time. For Joe Gibbs Racing, I was a little surprised to learn that it's not going to be in the 18, though. He is going to continue on with the 54, essentially kind of creating his own legacy, which it's funny because technically Kyle Busch brought the 54 in and... You know, he's avoiding the 18 to not be part of Kyle Busch's legacy, but it's 54, which is the same number. I don't know. Regardless, Ty Gibbs is going to be in the Cup Series. Nobody's surprised by this. Um, and, I, you know, I think he's due to have probably a decent rookie year. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, he's going to join a powerhouse trio of teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with, with him and where he, you know, kind of fills in amongst them. But, you know, I think the whole 54 thing, I think it's cool. He's trying to do his own thing. But at the same point in time, like, who cares? I mean, for me, it's just a number. Like, I yeah. I, I know like, when you see the 43, it's Richard Petty. The 48 it is Jimmy Johnson. Like, these numbers are – but my thing is, like, make it your own. I mean, that's why, like, the, the 54 is cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I buy Gibbs in the 18, I'm not going to, you know – Oh, that's Kyle Busch's car. Because honestly, I think Labonte when I think of the 18. Sure. And that's the interesting thing that they decided to just take it off completely because it has been the featured number of Joe Gibbs Racing all the way back to the beginning 30 years ago. Like it's always been a part of the team. And I'm assuming that it's going to come back once Turex retires because the 19 doesn't mean anything to Joe Gibbs Racing. They brought that in for Carl Edwards in 2015. And again, once tricks retires it's probably going to go away and they'll probably bring the 18 back but just the fact that we're going into a season without a number 18 joe gibbs racing car in the cup series is it's going to take a little getting used to i want to say i saw it was the first time that the 18 had been full-time since like 1992 yes i believe that that sounds correct That's crazy I, I mean it's just one it's, it's a chain it's an end to an air i mean it's weird too to think like Mars isn't going to be a sponsorship. Like we won't be looking for the M&M's 18 next year. Yeah. I saw somebody put a post up of the, uh, the Joe Gibbs racing hauler 
that was, I guess, the 18 M&M's hauler that's just completely black now um, saying, yeah, it's set in already. Here you go. And it's like, man, that is kind of crazy, um, you know, because the, the M&M's or the Mars sponsorship goes all the back to the 90s with 36 car. Um, so it's a staple of the sport that unfortunately, like Lowe's, like Home Depot, like, you know, so many of these other big name sponsors, nationally recognized brands have decided to step away from NASCAR for one reason or the other. Um, and, you know, I do think the sport's turning in a positive direction, but when you look at the sheer amount of big corporate sponsors we've lost in the past five to six years on a full-time basis, like it's not something to be overlooked. No, not at all. So uh, moving on here, we'll stick in the cup series. And this one took some people by surprise. I didn't know if they were going to be bold enough to pull the trigger on this, but uh, Ryan Priest is going back to the cup series full-time driving the 41 car for Stuart Haas racing and Cole Custer going to jump back down the Xfinity series where he tore it up a couple years ago. And I think it's going to do that again. Um, you know, we, we talked about this toward the end of the season. There was that weird, you know, uh, comment made by I think Gene Haas about, well, I want Cole to be in the 41, but Tony doesn't. And it's like, well, dang, if one owner doesn't want this guy to be in the car, how's, how's that going to work? And, you know, they, they pulled the trigger on it. Like I said, and, and Ryan Priest can be back in the 41 car and, um, you know, Cole Custer had his moments. He had his win at Kentucky in 2020. Um, was it, uh, I think Martinsville, he ran top five for a lot of the race, had a good run there, but just hasn't quite stacked up to where people thought he was going to after how well he performed in the Xfinity series. Um, and I think Ryan Priest is going to be able to jump in this car and make it a competitive car in the top 10 and probably compete for some wins this year, next year. Yeah, I, I think too. Like, I mean, part of it, I think seeing the success, Stuart Haas has, has struggled mm. the past couple of years. Everybody knows that. Right. Um, you know, outside of Harvick's big run a couple of years ago. Um, but I think for, I think what, you know, kind of the nail in the coffin, so to speak, for um, Cole Custer was the fact that Chase Briscoe had success this year. Yes. You know, you look at him and you see Harvick won a couple races and um, you're looking at him like, bro, what, what are you doing? You know, um, so I think, you know, yeah, it's a demotion. There, there's no way around it. He's being demoted back to the Xfinity series. But, you know, I, I think, too, I think you just got to look at it as, um, you know, it, it's an opportunity to kind of reset a little bit hmm. um, in, in kind of figure things you know get get your footing and try to figure things out you know um like john hunter nemechek when he left the cup series to go back to kbm mm-hmm. a couple or i guess it was last year um you know one of the first things he said was kind of forgot how to win yeah it and you know we'll get to him a little bit later <laughs> but started to work out for him right um you know sometimes you got to take a step back to take two steps forward and, you know, while, while it is, I can see how it can, it can look a little embarrassing that you got demoted down to the Xfinity series. I want to tie in two little news notes here. There does potentially appear to be a path back to the cup series for, for, for Cole Custer uh, pretty quickly at that. Um, you know, you have in our notes here that Kevin Harvick, uh, you know, is possibly entering his last season in 2023 saying he'll know something by Daytona, whether that's announcing a retirement or, you know, however many more years, um, he's going to be racing that to me kind of sets up perfectly for Cole Custer. Let's say he goes back down to Xfinity series in 2023, tears it up, wins 10, 12 races, wins the championship. 
if Kevin Harvick is stepping away at the end of 23 or 2024, like Cole Custer would make sense to jump back up to the Cup Series. Is that going to make a difference? Is it going to be better? We don't know, but it certainly can't hurt. Again, going back down, learning how to win again, running up front again, being a championship contender again. Um, you know, I, I think I think we haven't seen the last of Cole Custer in the Cup Series, um, and I think going back down to Xfinity will do him some good. Well, I mean, look at the guy that's replacing him. Mm-hmm. Brian, I mean, a guy that came up and a lot of people had, had big expectations for him. They didn't pan out, um, you know, kind of waited his turn. And, and now he's getting another shot at cup. We'll see what he does with it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this I think this all really goes back to, you know, what happened with Eric Almarola, who announced his retirement, you know, halfway through the season. And then he decided to unretire because it certainly seemed that Ryan Priest was destined to drive the 10 car. And then when he decided to unretire, it's like, OK, what do we do with that now? And according to some podcasts and some people within the industry, Ryan Priest was being courted by other teams, other manufacturers. Um, and if Stewart House Racing didn't act on this, they were going to lose him. And I think, again, Tony Stewart, very big on Ryan Priest. I think he's a, looking at him as a guy that can be a big part of this team for the next five, six, seven years. And, uh, you know, he didn't want to miss out on his opportunity to, uh, you know, put him in a cup car. Well, that's the thing is if he's your guy, go get him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Harvick thing is interesting. Uh, you know, I think we all kind of expect Harvick to, you know, jump into the TV booth when he's done racing. Um, personally, I kind of, kind of what I was hoping to see him make it all the way to like 50. That's something we don't see guys do very often in the cup series anymore. And Harvick certainly shows that he's still competitive. He, you know, winning uh, two races back to back right before the playoffs started. So, you know, he, again, for all he's accomplished and all he's done, he can race for as long as he wants. Um, it's just how much, how long is that desire of his to keep racing? That's the question. The, the One of the coolest things with him is he already knows what's next. Yes. You know, very few guys in the sport, you know, know what it's like. I mean, know what's coming after racing. Right. Uh, you know, and that's why, you know, you see guys like Brad Keselowski and Denny Hamlin become owners in the sport. Like they want to, they want to know what's after life is like after getting out of the car. Right. And I think Harvick, I, I thought his comments were interesting at, in Nashville at the, the uh, award show. I thought his comments were interesting, basically saying like, I'll know by the date on the 500, when things start to get ramped back up, mm-hmm. I'll know whether or not I want to do this for another year. Right. And I, you know, and that's the thing is, is, um, I re- I saw today on Instagram he was in Italy with Keelan, mm-hmm. you know, because started so like, um, you know, look, if he goes joins Fox in the booth starting in twenty twenty four, he'll be there for what eighteen ish races, twenty races, um, have the rest of the summer and the fall to do whatever he wants to to be a dad. I I don't think that's a bad gig. No, not at all. And, you know, he certainly made a boatload of money. He could get himself involved in the ownership side, like we're seeing so many guys doing. Like, he can still be in as, as involved in the sport as he wants to be. But, yeah, you know, with with Keelan growing up and racing carts all over the world, like you said, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to step away within the next year or two. Yeah. So uh, quickly going to jump on some uh, Xfinity Series drivers. Uh, going to be a teammate to Cole Custer this, or in 2023, Riley Herbst back in the 98 car. This isn't surprising. Riley Herbst brings a lot of money to the table for Stuart Haas Racing. That 98 car doesn't run if he's not in it. So the people saying, well, they should put this guy in the car or that guy in the car. If Riley Herbst isn't there, that car 
isn't going to run. I, th- I think we can all agree on that. Um, with that, Riley Herbst, I think, improved a lot in 2022. Um, you know, certainly put together some good runs towards the end of the season in the playoffs and, you know, maybe jumps up there and wins a race in 2023. He's he's not getting worse. I'll say that much. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. It's like, look, everybody in the garage knows that he's a, he's a pay-to-drive guy. Mm-hmm. Okay? Everybody knows that. That's just a fact. But I will say one of the things that, like, I had wrote down, like, before we did this was improvement. Mm-hmm. And I saw him this year. That, that's what you want, you know. I mean, look, you want it with every driver out there. But yeah. especially these these dudes that get these seats because they pay, you know, mama and daddy have a, have a couple million bucks laying around or know some sure. people. Yeah. Um, you know, you want them to show some kind of progress. And I thought we saw that in a big way from him this year. Yeah. And when you look at a guy like him, Brandon Jones, again, we know they bring a lot of money to the table. They're helping fund the teams that they are on. These guys probably aren't going to go to the Cup Series. They're probably going to fall into that Xfinity lifer, you know, situation. Brandon Jones was heavily criticized early on in his career. These past couple seasons, he's been consistent. He's put together, you know, he's got victories. He nearly made the Final Four this year. Like, that's what you want to see out of these guys. You know, I don't think... I don't know if these guys are going to be champions one day, but you want to see them be competitive and get better if they're going to be around this series for a long time. Exactly. Uh, another note on the Joe Gibbs racing front, we find out what their Xfinity series lineup is going to be. It's going to be Sammy Smith in the 18 car full-time and then John Hunter Nemechek full-time in the 20 car, you know, not surprising with John Hunter Nemechek with the KBM thing, switching to Chevrolet, um, you know, going back to what you said a moment ago, him kind of taking a chance on himself going from the cup series, driving for front row back to KBM to learn how to win again, to learn how to run up front again. And now, you know, when we talk about what's going to happen with Martin tricks, junior, he could be the guy in the prime spot to take over that whatever number of cards going to be in 24 or 25 whenever MTJ decides to step away. Like he's, this is going exactly how it, he needs it to go. Well, Denny Hamlin as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, his contract with FedEx and JGR is up at, or FedEx's contract with JGR and Denny's contract with JGR, both up at the end of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Denny has said he, he expects to continue with them. Uh, wants to continue to drive with Joe Gibbs Racing, but here we are heading into 2023, and Kyle Busch is not with the organization anymore. Yeah. So there's no such thing as a guarantee in this business right now. Um, you know, could Denny go drive for himself at 2311, drive the Jordan car? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he be a bit? But again, John Hunter's really put himself at a good spot to either take over the 11 or, or the seat that, you know, Martin Truex Jr. currently has. Yeah. And when I think about, you know, what the Xfinity series is losing and AJ Allmendinger and Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs, that was like two thirds of the wins this season. And when you look at Cole Custer, John Hernemashek, who's proven him, he can win the Xfinity series. Like we're getting that new crop of yep. and, and Cole Custer's kind of an old face because he was there before, but a new wave of guys are going to be those race winners and championship contenders throw an all guyer who's probably going to end up finishing second or third at Phoenix at the end of the year. Once again, um, Same. just kind of, again, as we transition one group of guys to the cup series, we had another group of guys in that uh, hopefully can keep that, um, you know, the quality of the Xfinity series racing high, like we've seen it be over these past couple of years. Exactly. Exactly. That, that That's, that's the goal. I mean, you want to, you want to continue to keep the Xfinity series with, with quality drivers and, and quality performance and, you know, by adding the the Custers and the John Hunter name of checks to that and, you know, throwing Chandler Smith, who's going to be a colleague next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're kind of restocking a, 
an area that needs a little bit of help. Absolutely. Um, and as of right now, no Drew Dollar has been announced to any of the Joe Gibbs racing cars. And if we're lucky, maybe he won't be because uh, that, that guy, that guy caused quite a few problems last year. Fingers crossed. Which he's actually, he's a student at UGA now. So hopefully he just keeps on that path. I Yeah, I don't care. Uh, one more thing before we wrap up here, Jimmy Johnson, we of course know is now a part owner at Petty, Petty GMS racing and is going to be running a limited schedule in 2023, five races, according to Richard Petty. Uh, we don't know what those five races are, assuming one of them is going to be the Daytona 500. We'll find out the other ones later. Um, but you brought up a really good point in talking about this, like, does this kind of open the door, kind of get other legends maybe interested in coming back in some kind of capacity to run limited races, become part owners like you know is this kind of a, a new thing that we could see coming about in these next couple of years i hope so um i mean i know jimmy's only been gone for you know two seasons now but it it seriously feels like a lifetime mm -hmm. since we've um you know get out of that gray car at at phoenix in november of 2020 and um you know for me like that, that's what i think is cool is is you're you're putting a NASCAR legend that is still capable. Yeah. Okay? Number one, still capable. It's not like, it's not like you're jogging Kyle Petty out there. Okay. Or Michael Waltrip. They're not getting in the car. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like that, that's, what's pretty cool is like a guy that's been actively driving, um, you know, continue to make those starts. Now it will be weird seeing him in something other than the 48. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I even, you know, I, I, I just keep reading really cool things about, you know, the all-star race, all-star race at North Wilkes Road next year, mm -hmm. the, the different series leading up to the, to the all-star race. And like, one of the things that got me thinking was like, how cool would it be? Maybe not even North Wilkes Road this year, but like an exhibition on a Wednesday night in the middle of the summer, everybody goes to Bristol, yep. um, Martinsville, you know, some little short track and, you have these legends, Jimmy's in a car, Tony Stewart's in a car, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s in a car. Yeah. You know, these guys that have bring Carl Edwards back for crying out loud. Uh, you know, just these guys that have that have recently, you know, I'll use recently as a loose term here, but like mm -hmm. recently been in been in part of the cup series and um, you know, let them go at it for one night. You know, I, I just think it'd be cool. It's just a and I'm sure it'd bring a lot of eyes to it. You know, uh, there was that rumored uh, electric exhibition series that was supposed to apparently start at the the clash, you know, in 2023. From what I've heard, that's apparently not happening, but um, probably something that's going to be revisited down the line. If you want to get a lot of eyes on that and you want to bring a lot of attention to that initiative, if you're NASCAR, put Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart. If you can find Carl Edwards on whatever remote farm he's living at in Missouri, put him in a car like that would be so cool for an all-star event for a clash. Heck do it at the season finale at Phoenix. I don't care. Like just give me something like that. I would be, I'd be all over it. Yeah. I'd bring a ton of credibility too. Yeah. Um, you know, again, with a guy like Jimmy Johnson choosing to run these handful of races, I, I hope, I don't think it's going to tarnish his legacy at all. You know, he, it, this isn't, Terry Labonte running for 12 years after he formally retired in a backmarker start and Bart car. Like as we've seen with Eric Jones, these are cars that are certainly capable of winning races. Now, do I think Jimmy's going to go out there and win a race this year? Most likely not, but does, can he be in the mix? Certainly depending on 
what tracks we're choosing here. If you give me Jimmy Johnson at Martinsville, I don't care where we're racing. He's going to be competitive some kind of way. Right. Well, I think too, like, I mean, if you look at the lineup at, at, at Richard Petty Motorsports, Petty GMS, what are you going to call it? Um, Jimmy Johnson. A, a young Noah Gregson in his first, you know, full season as a Cup Series driver. Mm-hmm. Eric Jones done as well. I mean, Jimmy gets in the car for five races, gets to know the car a little bit better. It's only going to help that that team yeah and elevate that team and um you know it's a home run hire for them to get jimmy on board um and we'll see you know what happens yeah no and i just think about for somebody like gregson who does have a little bit of cup experience you know to be able to learn from one of the greatest and have somebody right there that you know can mentor you and and, you know eric jones is a young guy but he's been around for a while he's made his first cup series start in 2015 he's got a lot of experience at the cup series level and we saw what he was able to do this year um to elevate that team And, and just having jimmy there to help them out even more. I think I think these guys are going to be competing for wins. I think they're both going to make the playoffs. I think it's going to be a big year for uh, Petty GMS. I agree. Um, and this kind of goes back to, to what we were talking about when this was formally announced. Like, you know, when you looked around five, six years ago at the owners in the Cup Series, they're all 60, 70, 80 years old. You didn't really know what the future of the sport was going to be because there was no new blood entering it. And now Denny Hamlin, Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon's effectively the number two guy at, at Hendrick Motorsports now. Um, you know, we we have this, you know, let's say youthfulness because they're still in their middle ages, but compared to the age of the actual owners, like we've got the blueprint for the ownership in the sport for the next 20, 30 years. And again, it's names that you know, it's names that you recognize that, you know, the average person knows who Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson are. Like that goes a long way for the health of the sport going forward. 100%. So very, very uh, excited about that. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, the the month or so that we had, we've been off and all the things that have happened since then. Yeah, not a ton, not as much as last year for sure, but um, we'll see what, what happened going forward. You know, obviously, like you said, we've got Christmas, the new year, and things will really get rolling come January. I ask you this, do you watch like old races in the off season, just like kill time or just like get yourself back into the swing of things? Sometimes, um, you know, pro- maybe once every couple of weeks or so. Okay. Um, I'll just, I'll watch what I, I, a lot of times I watch from the previous season. Okay. Um, like the, like last, I guess it was last weekend. I was on the road for a few hours. Like I just plugged up my phone and was watching the Daytona 500 from this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just stuff like that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, kind of around as football season starts to die down once we cross over into January and there's not as much going on with that. Yeah. I particularly like to watch like old speed week races, old, you know, shootouts, duels, 500s, that kind of thing. Just kind of get you back in the mood and get you back in the zone as Daytona closes in. Mm-hmm. So excited about that. Uh, you know, we'll see what, what news and stuff happens over these next couple of weeks and kind of go from there, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I am interested, and I don't. I don't expect any any changes to be made. But there's a lot of conversation around the championship format in the Cup Series, in particular, with this one race championship finale. And I know you know I talked about this a few weeks back. Let's do one episode of the podcast this off season, purely talking about championship formats. I think we can go a lot of different directions with this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. 
if no major news comes out in the next couple of weeks, that'll be our, that'll be our next show. Yeah. So look forward to that as we uh, creep closer and closer to the start of the 2023 season. It'll uh, be here before we know it. So for Don Mullax, I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.